Ryan, what's up? Hey, yo, what's up, man? How's it going? Going well. How you doing? Ah, not, not too bad. Not too bad. Beautiful day. It is. It's a great day to be alive. Oh, fuck uh, night, baby. Um, thank you for joining me. I know that you're a busy guy these days. <laughs> I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Um, so for those of you listening, we have Ryan Walker uh, as a guest today on the Heuristic Podcast. Ryan is someone that um, I've been especially interested in uh, talking with uh, for for a multitude of reasons. Um, he is opening up a restaurant called The Steak and Egg, correct? That's it, baby. The Steak and the Egg. Uh, where, where will it be located? So, I mean, right now um, I'm like in the, you know, beginning, beginning stages. It's like the, the actual restaurant part is kind of like a pipe dream, but um, cool. I'm, I'm doing like a concept run this summer. I just, uh, I'm actually sitting at this outdoor kitchen I built, this huge fucking Beautiful. outdoor kitchen. I got a little seating area behind me. So I'm going to start doing some, uh, hosting some tasting menus and um, just kind of start from there and just building up and then trying to get a little farm to table restaurant going. So really cool. It's, uh, it's, that's, that's, you know, a little far out once I uh, actually get the farm and uh, set that up. But in the short term, the tasting menu is going to be running all summer. Really cool. So I, I first, um, so I'll start with how I, first found you on Twitter and then uh, I'll start like, you know, uh, with having you just talk about your story. But I first, I think I first connected with you on Twitter uh, through just talking about yoga and stuff like that. Um, and then I, I go to your page and then I see that you're a yogi who also makes ridiculous steak and eggs. <laughs> and then I said, okay, man, I immediately have to follow you and just see what you're up to. Um, because me, myself, I consider myself to be a pretty good cook. I started making my own eggs at like, you know, eight or nine years old when my mom trusted me enough to turn on the stove. So um, I, I've, I've always loved eggs and I consider myself uh, to be the best uh, cook of eggs and steak in my close circle. And then as soon as I saw you and what you were doing, it made me realize, like Rogan says, there are levels to this game. Uh, so so your stuff is incredible. Um so from there, I, I started to just watch what you were sharing. And then I started to see you share your story more. And your story is really what grabbed my attention because um, I'm, I'm not too far from you. I don't think I'm maybe, I think I'm less than maybe an hour away. Uh, I'm in Staten Island. Um, so I, I know the area pretty well. And uh, your story is something that I can relate to a lot. Um, a lot of people uh, in my close circle have dealt with addiction um, I know a few people that I've graduated high school with that passed away from uh, issues with drugs and overdose and stuff. So your story really hit home. Um, and it's truly inspirational uh, to see where you are now. So um, can you just start with uh, just maybe explaining your health journey that you went through to get to where you are today? Because I feel like that would be a good uh, place for people to start to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's a long one, so I'll try to, uh, I'll try to compact it a little and, uh, summarize it for you. But, okay. um, I want to start off with, I mean, my, uh, my diet and food perspective has changed drastically. I didn't, I didn't eat eggs until I was like in my late twenties. Wow. So like I went like nearly majority of my life, like getting, you know, sausage, egg and cheese sandwiches, no egg on there. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, so, <laughs> um, but yeah, like, so my overall journey, I was, um, I was, you know, in a dark place for a long time, man. I, I was a, a really, really severe drug addiction for about 10 years. Um, you know, I got into it, some bad influences when I was like 13 years old. And then, you know, then by the time I'm leaving high school, going off to college, um, that's when the, it really developed into an addiction. And then, yeah, from about like 18 to 28, I was a zombie. Um, prescription pills was my uh, main drug of choice. But, um, you know, heroin, crack, coke, yeah, I mean, you name it, uh, I was doing it. Um, I didn't really uh, discriminate as an addict. So whatever you could get your hands on. But, um, yeah, so that was, you know, that was a good portion of my life. And, um along with that came like, you know, 
things I didn't look at at the time was like no physical activity, horrible diet. I mean, I, I think for a few years there, I don't think, I think I went a, like multiple years without drinking water. Um, wow. You know, like just like Gatorade soda, like all that shit. Obviously you're drinking liquids, right, but right. actual, actual water. I probably went like two plus years without drinking Damn. water. Like it, it's, it's insane to look back at, but then, you know, I'm 28 and, um, shit's just building up for so long and you know you're just in that dark place for so long and i started to have some really really scary thoughts you know just um in my own head just things that really kind of scared the shit out of me thinking about and uh yeah just decided enough was enough one day i mean there was some other contributing factors i mean just but it was the overall build-up just decided enough was enough so I um I didn't do the 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 AA the rehab kind of thing. I mean I got a yeah. I was, I I was good... curious. I was curious as to like what you actually did because I I find uh, I always want to know like you know what is that uh, catalyzing or what is that moment uh, or what is that catalyzing factor that made people like you know just shift their mindset and um, in my health journey just losing weight it was just being sick and tired of feeling sick and tired. And that sounds a so, lot like what what you're saying too. Yeah, I mean, I, I say this, I've said this before. I mean, I don't know if all addicts feel this way, but like, even when I was like, you know, just half asleep, half asleep, total piece of shit, like horrible person, I always had this image in the back of my head that like one day you're gonna be, and it's like pretty much where I'm at right now, like mm. like strong, healthy, like you know just kind of awake to everything going on. But um, yeah, I mean, all that build up and uh, I didn't, I didn't go to rehab. I didn't do the AA thing. I mean, I went to a few meetings, but those, it just wasn't for me personally. Um, nothing against it. My brother, right. you know, he did that, that route and um, you know, it's working out good for him, but um, I just took it on by myself. I mean, I got, um, I got a, I bought some, um, suboxone which is what they give to you in rehab so right. i got like a a month and change worth of that just to help with the immediate withdrawal symptoms because of how severe they can be when you're right. you know opiates and barbiturates i mean that the barbiturate stuff can kill you right you know so um you know i kind of i kind of took it slowly and then i used a lot of thc therapy there's a lot of stuff that um a lot of science that behind it that um you know just kind of rebuilding your your neurotransmitters that are like you, you see you see you see the image of uh somebody that's uh, addicted to opioids and then with some thc therapy it goes from like a dark black city with no lights on to like a booming bustling right. you know new york times <laughs> or, or new york whatever uh big apple city square kind of deal so I, I did that and then um you know after i got initially sober i mean i just kind of got back into the into the the swing of things and life. And, and then, um, you know, shortly, you know, a few months later, I just was like, yeah, I'm not gonna sit here and be stagnant. So right. I was about like 225. I was like 50 pounds overweight. I, um, picked up the keto diet. I, um, dropped 50 in like six months, got skinny. Damn, and then, nice. yeah, but I was like, you look at pictures. I was like sickly, sickly skinny. Like, like you, you felt know, too I didn't, thin? I didn't feel it at the time, but then, you know, now you're, you're lifting and you're right. just crushing steak and eggs for three years. And you look back and you're like, Holy Damn. shit. <laughs> yeah. I was way too skinny. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So that's, I got, I did the keto diet first, dropped 50 pounds and then, then kind of just started building from there as in like, yeah, the, the whole diet thing is not as simple as cut out carbs. Like, you know, right. I carb load all the time. I'm very, I'm very particular about the carbs I eat, but then, you know, you realize that nutrition, there's a lot more to it than just um, a macronutrient. And then, and then the physical fitness, I started, you know, a little at home yoga practice and uh, weightlifting. And then um, about a year and a half ago, started going to the actual hot yoga studios. Love the stuff. It's, it's nice. like, it's so good for your mental health. It's like, it's, it's almost indescribable. Like I try to talk about it, but it's, it's, it's hard it's crazy to describe. How, yeah, it is. It really is. But yeah. So, I mean, fast forward, I've been, um, 
that was like five years ago when I um, initially got sober. I was 28. I'm 33 now. And it's, uh, you know, it's been a whole journey. And I, I describe myself as a learning man, man. I, I'm not I'm not setting my ways. I'm always challenging my beliefs. I'm not married to them. So I'm always that. trying to build and, and uh, work, work towards, uh, you know, even better, brighter future. Dude, that, that it's really amazing because you hear so many stories and people have their own ways of uh, making change or changing habits. And you'll hear all these different things. And I've been fascinated with addiction because I don't, I, I don't know what it is, right? I, I've heard people say it's a disease. I've heard people say that you're born with it or that you're born with that trait. Um, and because I've seen a lot of people around me with those tendencies or have issues with uh, addiction, um, I've sometimes in the past just assumed that that was in my blood or in my genes. Um, but then if I'm analyzing my own behavior, I do have those tendencies. And then when I wonder, like, you know, why didn't I get hooked on some of the same drugs that maybe friends did or other people that I knew did? And I think I, I might have just gotten lucky, like maybe just not it passing in my circles. And um, what's what's your opinion on that? Do you think that addiction is like a learned behavior or... Do you think that it's something that is genetic? Because I've I've come to learn that my addictive tendencies or my behaviors that I've noticed actually have benefited me in a lot of positive ways too. And it's allowed me to focus and hone in on things that I'm really interested in um, more than a lot of people that I know. And that's what I see in you as well. You've used that for good and in a healthy way. So what's your what's your take on that? Do you think it's something that's learned or do you think it is kind of inherent and genetic to a degree? So I, I think it's both. Um, great question. I think it's both. Um, I can talk about this for an hour because. Yeah, I, I love this it, stuff. So you, you can you know, share as much as you want. Yeah, it goes deep. I mean, first, I will say that like evolutionarily addictive tendencies were a benefit you know for the majority of human history you got you got a tribe out there who some guys just hunting just to get enough meat to you know make do with the tribe and then you got some guy who's like addicted to hunting he's so into it he sleeps breathes everything's about it like that guy with that addictive tendency gets obsessed with hunting and learning the land and this his tribe's going to be a lot better off when food is scarce. Right. You know what I mean? And that goes for like every aspect, everything, everything that us humans have to do to survive or used to, but that was evolutionarily a benefit all around. And then fast forward to modern, modern day. I mean, you got these, you got these pharmaceutical companies, these big, big food companies with food scientists they're they're hacking into a evolutionary developed mm. addictive and craving systems and they're turning what once was a benefit into you know possibly your biggest weakness so i mean me when i talk about um the whole addiction thing i got nothing against the aa meetings i got nothing against um going to rehab and i label those things as fighting addiction Right. Fighting addiction is great. You, you got to fight it, be, you know, whatever. It's better than being an addict. But what's even better than fighting addiction is channeling your addiction. Mm. So that's, you know, what I've done. And that's taking your addictive tendencies and, you know, that evolutionary developed system that you have and channeling it into something that benefits you. So, you know, when I'm getting... When I, I unleash my addictive personality on food, fitness, you know, relationships, just right. like just using using that drive, that indescribable like urge to do more and like just channeling it into positive aspects of my life, but also being aware of it so that, you know, you get addicted. You want to you want to channel that addictive nature into weightlifting don't lift too much. You know what I mean? You're going to get injured. So you, you got to keep it in check. And I've learned that the hard way the last couple of years, but even with yoga, I mean, you know, you're lifting every day of the week, you're, you're doing 20,000 steps. You do not want to be going to hot yoga seven days a week. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like too much of anything. So it's like, it's all about learning, you know, about yourself, like looking introspectively and like identifying like when, 
that channeled addiction goes from a positive to a negative and just kind of keep it in track. And it's, it's, um, it's a lifelong thing. You know what I mean? You get better at it, but it's something that you got to be aware about and um, be aware of and, and just keep I, in check the rest I, of your I, life. I, I completely agree. And, and that's how I have to view my own behavior and how I, how I analyze myself. And um, I, I never liked, I, I never had anything against AA and in the past, I've gone to Al-Anon meetings too with with family members uh, just to try to make sense of things sometimes. And I didn't really feel it was for me after like, you know, a few of them. Um, but just from doing my own introspective, like, you know, work and really making sense of language and and how we use language, I don't like labeling people as addicts. I don't like labeling people um, I don't know. I, like, there's something to, to like me when I say, if I said, you know, I'm an addict, that makes me feel like less than and a little bit powerless. I don't know. Instead of just saying like, you know, I am, I'm me and I'm trying to make sense of these behaviors. Like, so I don't know. I don't know if, if you like, do you have an opinion on, does that keep people in a, a different mindset compared to trying to make sense of who you are and and why you you're behaving the way that you are. Yeah, you know it's it's interesting. I mean, there was always a heavy heavy stigma around like you know being an addict and right. this and that. But you know, with with the um, with the blow up of of prescription pills, I mean, you're looking at the opioids, the Sackler family, like how this stuff has just spread throughout the country. You know, like the addictive. The addicts, the addiction has gone gone from like, um, you know, a problem that you see in certain areas of the country, maybe like cities, poverty, that kind of thing, to a problem that you see everywhere. Right. You know, like no matter what, how rich, how affluent your community, any anything like that, um, there's addiction problems. And like that really blew up with the prescription pill thing. And then it's just gotten even bigger since since when it first came out. And I mean, now with the fentanyl, just people are dying left and right. No bad. So I think, I think like since, you know, more and more people are affected by addiction, you know, I guess one positive thing is that the stigma of being an addict has been lesser than, and that right. that's what, that's what gave me the confidence to like, you know, come out and start talking about my past. I mean, trying to help people posting videos, pictures of me at my worst, I started doing that while I was still in the construction industry and I was a construction superintendent. So, you know, I got a hundred guys on site, right. I got a lot of responsibility, millions of dollars in contracts. So, you know, typically, you know, 10, 20 years ago, you wouldn't want that person in that position, right. like talking about that kind of past, you know, the stigma behind it. But now, I mean, I guess that's one benefit is that, you know, you can't really, you know, jobs or you know um your employer would be uh, a little bit cautious about you know um kind of giving you the axe for being a recovered addict it's it's been i guess propped up a little more there's still a stigma behind it i mean right. you know you, you still you still feel it it's kind of like an unspoken thing but um it's definitely gotten less and less since the whole addiction thing has branched out to affect every person, every community in the country. Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and you're right. You do see it affect people in all classes, all races, religions. Um, it's, it's not particular to one type of person, which, which does tell me that I, I think it is uh, I think it's in an individual or like a, a deeper issue um, that we're facing. And, and I like the point that you made about the fact that, we're like hacking an older hardware system that probably couldn't go awry in, in a more natural world or in like maybe a less evolved world. I'm sure it could in some way, shape or form. I'm sure people yeah. had some extreme tendencies a thousand years ago that would, you know, have killed them or shortened their lives. But um, today you're right with what's available and dopamine at the click of a button or down the block or like, you know, just at your phone um everyone i feel is addicted to something or maybe at least dopamine to a degree um or at least that rush and that's something i've been pretty mindful of myself even as i've 
been trying to share more of my own story and what I'm doing online because I'm having to use social media more, which I hated before uh, creating a business online. But I do realize it's one of the most powerful tools that we could use, but I start to feel my uh, like, you know, addictive tendencies there. I, I feel that dopamine rush. I feel that need to uh, fulfill that feeling and then then questioning why I'm doing it, if I'm being productive with my time, and it becomes that whole circle again of me playing around with the chemicals in my brain. And this might sound weird to a lot of people that don't think about this, but I'm hyper analytical of why I'm doing what I'm doing because I am aware of my uh, tendencies or or um, when I'm interested in something. So um, yeah, I think everyone today is dealing with that, even if they're not realizing it. Yeah, that social media stuff is huge. I mean, I got to constantly keep myself in check on that. I mean, I um, I try to practice as much post and ghost as I can. <laughs> that's that's but, the best um, way to do it. Yeah. You know, I find myself, I got a video uh, I post. I'm curious how's, how it does. I got one blowing up. I, I find myself checking in to see new stuff on it. And I really, you know, that's a constant thing, just trying to keep keep myself in check and um you know i'll kind of go days where i'm limited or no social media just to kind of you know touch grass man like right. you know feel 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 the real experience the real world i mean you go to a you go to a concert i mean there's like 10 percent of the people watching the band and then 90 percent <laughs> are filming it right you know watching it on the phone screen like it's like you got to enjoy the moment sometimes i mean and for the social media that's that's new to me i mean same yeah. before before i started so when i got into keto when i started cooking it was kind of like i started a social media account i never had an instagram i never you know went on twitter like facebook barely but um so you know that's something i got into in the last few years and um same with cooking. So, you know, it's all, it's all, um, a new area of my, uh, my life that I've been exploring and the social media stuff is tough, man. I see people just glued to that phone, mindlessly scrolling. You see what it's doing to kids. You see the mental health effects on, on youth, especially young women. And it's, um, it's scary shit, but I always preach this on Twitter and everything. I mean, control your feed do not let mm. your feed control you so like yeah. where yeah some person could like go open up their twitter and scroll through and see nothing but negativity fighting horrible shit and then another person could scroll and see like heartwarming stories <laughs> like new information stuff like like for me i try to keep it like you know like regenerative agriculture like you know like science-based stuff like things i'm interested about i want to learn more about make it like more informative as opposed to you know just the shit talking right. argumentative we could like, we could horrible. curate we could curate our social media feed way more than what what we think for sure yeah yeah i agree and, and that and i think that's a good way to at least help us use it to push us in the directions that we're looking to go for sure um so so now i want to start talking with you about your cooking because like we said, when you use those tendencies in the right way, you could really advance fast and far. And um, I know how to cook eggs, but your eggs are next level and your steaks look next <laughs> level and all of your dishes are uh, definitely master chef worthy. So talk with me. How, what did you start making when you started keto? And is that really where you started to focus on the the nutrients in your food or was that later on so with my journey with food i mean when i'm a, i'm an addict for 10 years i'm eating nothing but fast food and candy and like you know coca-cola like that was like my diet i think my diet was like i don't know if i said this like 25 percent candy for like a wow. long time like it was ridiculous what was your candy of choice Oh, the Reese's Cups, baby. Yeah, me too. The Reese's me too. Cups. And I like the white chocolate ones, too. Ooh, I mean, I nice. like them all, but those white chocolate ones, <laughs> I don't eat them anymore. I'll, I'll make my own white chocolate with uh, cacao butter instead of some nice. seed oils, you know what I mean? Really but, good. Yeah, so, like, I was eating, like, you know, just total trash for so long. And then 
you know, I get sober and I started getting like really into food. I'm like trying all these new things and I'm like, oh my God, I love it. I just love everything I'm trying. I'm, I'm getting more and more into food. I start going to restaurants and then, and then I want to drop weight with the keto diet. So I'm like, all right, you can't order out. You basically, you can't order food out. I mean, right. very limited. And I, I got into food. I like all these new things. And then I'm looking around and there's ways to make all these dishes, you know, keto friendly with swapping some ingredients, but you got to cook it yourself. So that's what got me into cooking. I mean, I was like, yeah, I want to have like, you know, this Alfredo, this, that, like, Mm. you know what I mean? All these different things I want to have, but I'm trying to lose weight with keto. So now I got to cook them myself. So that's how I started cooking. And that kind of, um, it pigeonholes you, but it makes you think of it makes you think of food in a different way. And, That's a great way and to like put the, it. Yeah. And like, in like, you know, ingredients and manners of cooking. So, you know, that's what really opened up my eyes to it. And then shortly after that, I'm in um, my time in YouTube university is what I like to say. So I'm just kind of <laughs> like looking up dishes, like ingredients, techniques. And the biggest thing that like elevated my cooking so quickly is um, like culturally, if I want to learn, I, I found this Italian guy, Pasquale, and, you know, broken English, like heavy accent. And I'm just learning like all these authentic Italian recipes from him. And then I find this Asian lady, Song Kong's longest, and I'm finding all these authentic Asian dishes from her and so on. Like I find some Mexican person, I find some French person, like I'm just running through the world with that. all these. And the thing that happens then is you start pulling all these techniques. Mm. So you, I'm not, I'm not good at memorization. So I'm not memorizing recipes, but I will remember techniques when I'm doing them with my hands. So you start to develop all these techniques and then, you know, I kind of moved away from dirty keto, started incorporating some carbs, was concentrated more on like whole foods, like no ingredient label, that kind of thing, the perimeter of the grocery store. So now I have all these techniques. I have all these different ways from the keto stuff. And and now I'm concentrating on whole foods and kind of like bringing all that together is kind of um, how it all mashed up to me being the best steak and egg cook there ever was. <laughs> I, dude, it looks, it looks better than any steak and eggs I've seen. So, and you're so right with having certain constraints. It feels like you're pigeonholing yourself but within those constraints is where the creativity comes. And I, I totally agree with that. And it's the same reason that I think Twitter works because Twitter with the character constraint it forces you to really think about like, you know, how could I communicate this idea in a short amount of words to make it pop or punch? Um, so I, I totally agree. And, uh, you know, even in jujitsu, if we add on certain constraints, like, you know, you can't use your right arm to defend the choke, like, you know, this, this drill and stuff like that, it makes you get more creative with your defenses and offenses. So I completely agree. So um, just even being a, a proud cook myself, those you're, and you're totally right too, because I've done the same and I've, I've, I worked in restaurants for probably close to 10 years uh, before I became a full-time teacher um, and health coach and yoga and stuff like that. But uh, I fucking loved working in kitchens, man. I loved it. I loved the fast pace. I loved just watching them make all the 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 dishes that they were. And I've since I've worked in different restaurants, I got to see different cuisines. And you're right, there's different techniques based on the the way that one cook does uh, something compared to another cook, and also different cuisines. And I started to realize that there are certain fundamental ways of doing things. And then based on those fundamentals that I understood, like, you know, how to use fat, how to use, uh, like, you know, how to balance taste with um, sweet, salt, and and fatty and stuff like that, or just how to prepare um, certain meats and vegetables. You just get this fundamental base. And then from there, the creativity just explodes. And then your mind goes in a million different ways. So, so what was your first iteration of your egg? How did you first start making eggs just like sunny side up or? 
You know, um, real quick, are you picking up my chickens? They're talking a lot. Yes. Uh, yeah, you want me to, if you want me to give them a quick squirt, just let me no, know. No, no, no. I, uh, I love the background. Yeah, I, I love it. They, they like to talk a little shit right now and uh, start begging for some more treats. I hit them in the morning <laughs> with a nice big thing of uh, all my scraps. It's perfect. Um, yeah, so, I mean, my first, um, my first egg use was like, it was like scrambled eggs just because that's okay. something that, like, because I didn't eat eggs most of my life. So, like, when you're first getting into eggs, I mean, you don't want any runny yolks, any, like, weird whites. So, I started with just, like, some scrambled eggs. And, um, but then kind of went off from there. I mean, once you, once you learn the beauty of that runny yolk, I mean, then the possibilities are endless. Because, you know, there's, like, a million different techniques with an egg. Like, when I do, like, my soft boils, my goat eggs, they're, like, a, it's like a soft boiled egg that you then basically fry it like a chicken wing oh yeah yeah i, I, so I remember do, seeing a video of that yeah so but to 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 do that with a runny yolk and still in the center that's is like tough a, yeah it's a difficult task like i i couldn't i didn't find a video with how to do that i just like kind of thought it out and invented it like basically i mean uh, so, somebody so, else... yeah, so how many how many of these uh eggs that you've shared on twitter have you created have you because I know that you created the uh, or you did the samurai egg on Master Chef, which is one of my favorite. Is that yeah, something that you yeah. created too? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I would pull, I would like, you know, look at all these videos and see like, see like, you know, just kind of learning techniques and seeing possibilities. But then, um, then kind of like take that and make something of my own that hasn't been done. So a samurai egg, you're you're Best. separating the yolks from the whites. You're you're putting caramelized onion, cheese of choice, some spices, some herbs, and then kind of tucking that in like a little, like a little present, folding it over and slow cooking it for a minute just to incorporate all the flavors. I mean, I've never seen it done before I did it. Uh, me either. So if it, if it has been, that's news to me. Big ups to whoever did it. But um, <laughs> yeah, it's, I just figured that out on my own. I've, you know, I've kind of, I started just, um, just tweaking recipes I would see to preference. And then, you know, then you start tweaking and tweaking, and, you know, the more you tweak and eventually like 20 tweaks later, it's a brand new recipe that, right. you know, you've never seen before. So um, I got a lot of different um, egg techniques I, I do that with, but uh, the samurai egg and my goat egg are, they're up there as in the best, you know, that I forgot I about like. the goat egg. I forgot about the yeah. goat egg. The goat egg, you can't beat the goat egg. That's going to be on the tasting menu. Um, I got a little fryer filled with avocado oil um, nice. just so I could just so I could get that on the tasting menu. But um, yeah, that's 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 the best. I love that thing, man. So how many times did it take you to, like, I, I guess, experiment or work on, like, you know, even just like the goat egg? Because I, I feel like that would take me probably a hundred times before I would be able to perfect something like that. It, it's weird, man. I, I'm still surprised at my hit ratio, but I rarely, I rarely try something that doesn't work. Damn. <laughs> I know. know like, I mean, I, I know the feeling. Yeah. 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 It's like, and, and honestly, that's one thing I do have to like keep myself in check on. Cause like I, I start, um, I start cooking something and, and rarely the rare fact that it doesn't work out. I get like, it like affects <laughs> it, it, it. like really affects me. Like I put all this time, effort. It didn't work. I'm I like know. Pissed. But mo I'll be honest though. Most of the time, like I've I've lucked. I guess I've lucked out, or I just took my time, or really like, like once you really understand the ingredient and like the temperatures that the white cooks, the temperatures that the yolk cooks, and like and being too. delicate. Yeah, and the timing. I mean, it's so hard. I haven't. I haven't missed a lot. I mean, mostly all hits, like right off the bat. I've, Dude, I've had to, a couple to balance mistakes. all of that, especially when I was watching you on the show. I mean, uh, you don't get to see like a full um, clip of you, but I know, I know what what that entails, and and all the 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 different timing. Um, and I'm sure you've cooked a thousand different meals. The even when I'm cooking a meal for like you know. Uh, my my in-laws or my family, it could be anywhere from eight to 16 people. And I feel confident cooking a meal for anyone uh, that size, um, at least with the space, the current space that we have. And I get excited doing it. And I, I rarely miss, like you said, if I try something new on the first time, maybe I'll miss 
like one out of 15 or one out of 20 times every now and then where I'm just not happy with it. And I'm real disappointed, but for the most part, um, because I understand taste pretty well and I understand what goes with what, uh, it, it pretty much works out. But, um, the timing is real hard for people to get, especially, uh, new cooks or people that are new to cooking in general timing could really, uh, fuck up your dish or or what you're trying to cook so i'm sure you've had even at the very beginning like some some mess ups but uh like i guess for people that are just starting out cooking because i do see a trend in people making more of their own food because of videos like you like yours people get inspired um so people just starting out what would you suggest uh like do you say like you know start simple or would you say like you know pick one food and try to make different versions of it. Do you have any advice for people just starting? Yeah. So like some people, some people get pissed because like, like uh, for example, like I made, um, I just posted it today. It's a, um, it's a short rib egg yolk ravioli. Ooh. So it's like, it's like a really complex dish. Like you have to cook the short ribs first. Tough, yeah. Then you, you got to make homemade pasta, dude. And then you then you got to balance with the. You have to get the balance with the egg yolk, the ricotta cheese. Be gentle while you're making that is ravioli. fine so like, dining. Yeah, so like I do things like that, and like people are like recipe question mark, and I'm like, dude, <laughs> I'm not spending an hour writing this recipe. You're never gonna make this. You're recipe. never gonna make like, this. So like, you know, but then there's like simple dishes, like the most, the majority of my, of my, um, diet is a London broil. It's like a cut mm. of a top round. And like, I give out, always giving out tips, like, 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 you know, step-by-step step what I'm doing. I'm like the simpler things that people will actually do. Um, I want to make a recipe book in the future. So like, you'll have more of the nice. complex stuff in there, but like, I didn't learn pasta by, you know, a hundred grams of this, 20 grams of this. No, I, I learned pasta from some old Italian dude that's telling me to feel it. You know what I mean? So <laughs> I, I can't, like, I, I can't like explain, you know, how to feel it. Like, right. you know what I mean? Like I, I cook by feel a lot. So it's tough for me to like turn that into recipes. I'm like, it's just, it's just funny when people are asking me for a recipe and I'm like, dude, I know you're never going to take like the time to make this. And like, it's, it's very, difficult. things, like, things are very intricate and the same. I, I don't measure a lot. I just know, I know how much to use. And usually I'll go by taste as I'm, as I'm making things. So sometimes when people ask me, I then have to think about how I'm actually making it because yeah. I've made it a thousand times, but I just never actually wrote it down. But that recipe is like a living, breathing thing that slowly might shift over time as i'm making it but i never actually wrote it down but i'm just doing it by taste um yeah so anytime i give people advice i'll just i'll say start simple uh especially with things that you like to to eat um like i i get a ton of use and variety out of just using uh like high quality ground beef and i, I can make a ton of different things with burgers or, you know, I'll make mini meatloafs with those or a um, ton of things that you could do with just adding eggs to that avocado. Uh, so I, I don't think that eating healthy is as difficult as people make it seem. And the dishes might not look as fancy as as yours look and as nice as, as they look. But I'm sure people can get pretty close to tasting almost like as good if they just stay dedicated to trying to get better over time, just like anything else. And I think people overcomplicate it. Yeah. So I give a lot of, I like to give a lot of tips, like instead of like full recipes, they're just right. tips so that you can kind of go off and do your own thing with like my, I always say like my love language is breakfast skillet. So it's <laughs> like, you know, it's sunny side eggs, maybe some herbs, like simple, meat, like sausage steak in a skillet. But like, I'll give you little tips like, Hey, like your sunny side eggs, like peel those egg whites off the top of the yolk. Like, you mm. know, that's gonna, it's gonna keep your yolk runny. It's gonna make a better egg. You're gonna, a lot of people, even me, I get freaked out, but I'll eat a raw egg, but I don't want a little raw uncooked white, like sitting right. there in my dish, you know, or I'll give you tips on like, like, um, 
like just kind of front loading your protein. So like, like mm. I do, I don't meal prep anymore. Like I'm not, um, I'm not still in construction, but I did a lot at the time. I mean, but I still cook extra protein so that, you know, in a busy day, right. you, you can, you can go in the fridge and rip like a 20 minute breakfast that tastes right. like better than what you're getting at a diner. So I like to give a lot of tips and stuff, but then, then a lot of it too is like, I'm coming at it from, you know, looking to start my looking to start a restaurant and having a tasting menu. So like exact recipes and like stuff like that. It's not right. really, uh, it's not, I'm not selling a cookbook, not yet. Right. Right. So, right. Right. Um, you know, that that's the kind of where I separate like my tips from my like more extravagant um, meals that I like to go all in on. And I don't not have the time to write all the recipes out. It's, it's a lot. Send them out. Yeah, it's a lot. So what was your experience like on, on MasterChef having to cook in front of people like that or just like, you know, for fucking Gordon, man? Yeah, yeah, cooking for Gordon, man. Cook, cook steak and eggs for Gordon Ramsay was like it was a moment, dude. And like, if you watch the episode, there was like a lot of emotion. Me and my dad, it was, it was like, amazing. You know, like you got like 10, 15 years of shit, just like all coming to coming, coming and meeting and like addressing everything. It was awesome. But but cooking steak and eggs on national TV, like a really fire steak and eggs dish, if you will. Um, it, it was great, man. It was it was an experience that I will treasure forever. Um, the show in general was a great experience. I mean, I was making great money in construction. I was successful, but you know, I was looking to kind of make the leap and transition out of it. And just the way everything worked, um, you know, Master Chef gave me the little kick in the butt that I needed to just like go all in on this food, health, wellness stuff, and. Um, kind of um you know take a chance on myself so i will always thank the show for that um as far as cooking on the show you know i i really i learned a lot preparing for the show um you know because then i stepped outside my um steak and eggs comfort zone my keto you, you comfort look, you zone. look comfortable you look comfortable yeah, as well, you're cooking oh yeah i definitely was well in my you know i cook I cook, I've cooked a filet blindfolded in the woods. I've, I cook samurai, I cook samurai eggs on cast iron and stainless steel. So now that I'm like, you know, looking at the filet and I'm using a nonstick to be safe for the, um, for the samurai eggs, it kind of makes everything a little easier, you know? Right. It's like, I took the, the weight vest off and now right. I'm just running through, but it, you know, in, in, um, big picture i like to say like i'm built for the trenches like you know when shit gets real like some people like shrivel up curl up in a ball and some people like go head on so when the, there's a lot of pressure when you're cooking in front of all those people the clock's coming down and some people crumble and some people you know feel a little more comfortable than others and that um i'm definitely one one that gets comfortable in those situations like so yeah, it was a lot, though. It was a lot. I mean, you're on national TV. You got like some of the best chefs, restaurateurs in the world, and um, I'm just happy I nailed it, man. But um, yeah, the show has been great. Just in that, I've stepped outside my my keto steak and eggs comfort zone. I'm now also the best cheesecake maker there ever nice. was. So. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that's getting ready for the show was when I was like, oh, shit, man, let me learn how to make pasta. And now, I mean, a couple months later, I'm making some crazy pastas, man. Like, Wait, that's so, like, so now how uh, how much time did you have leading up to the show that, that you knew that you were going to be on? So they first contacted me last summer. But, um, cool. you know, I didn't, I didn't really take it serious until um, probably like November, December time. Okay. And then we went out, I went out to LA to film in the beginning of the year. So, cool. I mean, there was a couple months there where I was just all in every day, a recipe I've never done before, a food I've never worked with before. Wow. And just like, you know, and now like going through the, the preparation that I did myself for master chef going through that, has like turned me into like a niche, a niche cook and like yeah. does one thing until like now, I mean, I'll cook anything, man. You want a strawberry shortcake? 
done. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, like, well, so now, so now leading up to MasterChef, you just wanted to experiment with different things just to advance your skills in general. Or, yeah, and, you, was, and you already knew that you were going to do a steak and egg and you knew it, like what dish you wanted to do. Well, that's my dish. So okay. you know what I mean? You, you, your audition dish is like your dish. You pick okay. it. So of course I'm going to go with steak and egg. Steak and egg, right. But I also was aware of the format of the show. I was okay. a fan. So when I see like, you know, you, you might have a baking challenge or a pasta making challenge. Okay, yeah. Like, so yeah, so I'm I'm not as familiar with the show before watching yours. So I guess that yeah, I didn't know that you had to make uh, desserts eventually too. Yep, yep. Okay. If you you're on the show long enough, eventually you're gonna have to make a dessert. Um, you're gonna have to make pasta. You're gonna have to do all these okay. things. So that's what I did preparing for the show. I was like, let me step outside my comfort zone. I'll still eat a couple pounds of London broil, but I'll also be making these beautiful little donuts, you know? <laughs> like, so now, um, all right. So cheesecakes and pasta, that's completely different. So is that what forced you? So is that what forced you to like experiment outside of keto and, and uh, work with carbs a little bit in your diet more than what you were used to in the past? No, I, I was comfortable doing that. Um, once I did some ingredient research, okay. but, which I'll get into in a minute, but, um, this, the, so this, you know, six months, um, year before that I started to incorporate, I, I just realized with my training, the intensity of my training, I'm lifting seven days a week. I'm nice. yoga three to four. Um, you know, I'm 20,000 steps a day. I'm extremely active. And, um, I really do believe that with that level of activity, you know, there is a place for using carbohydrates to yeah. recover. It, it helps, it helps you recover. And I, I didn't use them as fuel so much, but more as recovery. So I was already incorporating them sporadically in my diet mm. and then getting ready for the show. Now I'm like, all right, I gotta, you know, cook these carbs. Like what's up with the ingredients. And then that's when I started researching, like, like me, like anything you see me make, my, any pasta, any breads, any cakes, it's all imported heritage grain flour right. from Italy. You know what I mean? Just like, as opposed to like some GMO BS you get here, um, you know, so, and like, you know, anything from your sugar to, you know, just any ingredient you're using, um, just using proper ingredients. That's why I say there's no unhealthy food there's just unhealthy ways of making that food I like you know that. what i mean yeah so i uh, you know i was already incorporating carbs and then once i did some ingredient research and procurement um you know i, I was i was comfortable switching from like you know white rice when i get my sushi or fruit to um you know making these little desserts and pastas and you know just switching up what carbs i'm i'm using but just being a real stickler for the ingredients I've, I've had a lot of success with using, cause I, I was keto for a little bit and then I realized that I just felt better. Like you were saying, especially being physically active and on, uh, more active days, I, f I just felt better when I would have some carbs and, um, over the last year plus I've been trying to, for the most part, make my carbs either from fruit, honey, um, potatoes, rice, uh, stuff like that. And I do, I, I feel a big difference. Um, I have to get on the uh, pasta making game where I uh, <laughs> import Italian uh, flour. Um, Cause I, I think that would, that would be awesome too. Uh, what are some of your favorite things to make now that, that you started to make for MasterChef that you'll now make on your own? Oh, it's top three pasta, ricotta, donuts, and cheesecakes. Ooh. I love I love making them because I love eating them. But um the um the pasta in particular, like there's um there's days where I'm I'm not planning on loading any carbs and I'll still have pasta because if you make your pasta dish bougie enough, like some Michelin star restaurant, dude, you're you only have like 10 grams of carbs worth of pasta. Right. You know right. what I mean? Like the small portions, like, so like, you know, it doesn't, if you, if you're in a busy life, if you have a really busy life, it doesn't make sense to, to, um, you know, take an hour and like only, you know, have this small amount of food there. But, but if you got time and you know, that's something you enjoy, you could easily have a little pasta dish and stay under 30 carbs for the easily. day. You know what I mean? Easily, yeah. So and I learned that when I made pasta because I'm making pasta. I'm like, how many grams of carbs is in a cup of flour? 
and then I use a cup of flour to make pasta and I'm like, holy shit, like that's that's a good amount of pasta. Like I only need like you know, an right. eighth of that in my right, little right. dish here. You know what I mean? So it's like it kind of once you start working with these ingredients, you really see um, you know, just just how much is involved with like each each food you're eating. That that's it's so true. Um and, and that does take time, energy, and effort. So you must be super focused because I know how much time it takes just to research that stuff. And then I know how much time it takes to cook that stuff. And then I know how much time it takes to clean up <laughs> afterwards. And, uh, and, and you're work and you were working as a construction manager and, and you're a master chef. So what, what's like your typical day look like? Do you have a morning routine? You, are you very structured or is your day to day kind of different? Um, so it's changed when I was in construction still, it was, um, you know, I'm working eight hours a day and that was like last year. But um, since I filmed Master Chef in the beginning of the year, I, um, you know, I have some money saved up. I got a couple of different things going on. So I have not gone back to my construction job. Nice. And I've just been full bore on um, the food, the health, the wellness, cooking, getting ready for the tasting menu. So there, there's been a big change in my routine. Oh, sorry. Sorry about that. You There's been a big, big change in my routine since then. But, um, you know, I like to say this is a good um, food for thought or perspective here. Since I've moved away from construction, you're getting up early, you know, you're getting home late. I haven't, I've gotten up earlier every day since then. Wow. You know what I mean? Like I'm getting up at 5 a.m., 5.30. I used to sleep in until 6 when I was working. And now I'm getting up even earlier just because I got more shit to do. You know what I mean? So like my day, my days are jam packed between um, the chickens, the dogs, the <laughs> cooking, posting on social media, the garden, you know, my little micro greens, like getting this kitchen ready. Um, my days are jam packed, but I always have non-negotiables in there. So that's like waking up, tending the chickens and then um, early morning lift about nice. an hour to an hour and a half, a big protein packed breakfast. Nice. And then typically a nice day after that, I'm doing some grounding and watering the garden. And then, um, then just kind of going from there, getting my social media posts in, answering emails, um, doing the construction of the kitchen here and, uh, just kind of breaking it up and then hitting my, um, my hot yoga classes at night or on the weekends. Nice. And, um, I've had a good flow. I mean, I was just saying, yeah, I, it seems like a good flow. Yeah, I've had a really good flow, but I like, you know, I'm hard on myself in the fact that, like, there's, I haven't had a day in the last five months where everything that I put on my list I got done. Right. You know what I mean, I kind of <laughs> over, I kind of overload my list, not intentionally. I mean, I, I'm, I guess I'm just a little cocky, so I'm like, oh yeah, I could do I can all get that. that done. And then like, yeah, yeah, and then like. You know, then it's 8 p.m. And I'm like, shit, man, I only got to number 15 on this 25 checklist. But there's another day. So you just got to prioritize everything. And then just and then sometimes, you know, I'll even get in a, like a little messed up headspace where, you know, you got a, a whole world to conquer and, you know, you just wasted an hour. But whenever whenever I get in that kind of that kind of thinking, I immediately just put it in check. And then think of something small that I need to get done. Mm. Boom, do that. You know what I mean? Then just to get you, just to shift your mindset. Yep. And then what's another thing I need to get done? Boom, do that. And then like two hours later, you're like, all right, we're, we're doing good today. And then like, you know, I can go do this, that, and the third. So I like, know, I, I like that. Over, I like yeah, that because I, my days. a lot of people have a hard time shifting a mindset, especially if it's midday or even at the start of their day, if things didn't go exactly according to plan or as we ideal. That's, that's powerful. It's a good tool to have. Yeah, you got to, because I mean, just because you had a shit morning doesn't mean you have to have a whole shit day. You know what I right. mean? You, you make that mindset switch and you know, uh, so many of my days are like that where you, you know, you like, you know, halfway through quarter of the way through first thing in the morning, you got to shift, you got to, you got to shift that mindset and really just um, put it, put it all in perspective and then just start chipping away. Very true. So I know that you said that uh, looking forward, you have the tasting menu and eventually the restaurant down the line. Um, 
Is there anything else that you're working on or that you have envisioned for the steak um, and egg? Yeah, I definitely. Or just, or just what, or just maybe what you want to do as a chef, or like maybe what you want to work on. Yeah, so I definitely, um, I want to do the cook. I want to do a cookbook that I've like, you know, been kind of contemplating with for a little bit. Um, I was kind of thinking about doing it last year, but my skill set was improving so rapidly that I didn't want to do it kind of prematurely. Right. And then since then. You know, I've took on this outdoor kitchen, this tasting menu, the restaurant tour ship and shit. So I, I don't like to stretch myself too thin with major, major projects. I, I stretch myself thin every day with all my little <laughs> checklists. But, um, you know, that's not too bad. But, uh, you know, I'm, I'm just completely obsessed with this tasting menu this summer right now. That's my That's my big thing. That's what I'm working on. And that's what, like, a majority of my effort is is going into right now and um i got a long waiting list i should have been up last month but i've had some material delays and like a couple other construction delays a bunch of weather delays so um i'm just like you know i'm, I'm set to open up in a couple couple weeks right now like mid-july so uh, this has been all consuming and then you know the tasting menu is going to be it's going to be small intimate 10 to 15 people but it's going to be me with probably a little bit of help i bring on but cool. you know that's a lot that's a lot to um seven dishes you know like nice yeah i was gonna ask people, how many how many dishes plates. yeah yeah so i'm, okay. I'm doing like six seven dishes for the tasting menu um but um it's a it's a lot it's gonna be a lot once i start running it so um you know that's probably gonna take up a majority of my summer but um the cookbook is definitely in down the line. Um, I've been working with some, some, some different companies doing some collaboration stuff on social media, trying to monetize everything. And then um, I eventually want to get um, upgrade my camera situation and start doing some real like YouTube tutorial videos. Yeah. Those would look real good with your dishes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Those, those would be really good. Yeah. Dude. So um, I, you're you're awesome man i i view cooking as an art i'm so passionate about cooking and through cooking i've found a way to better my relationship with food and that's exactly what you've shared today and um you're now doing something great with your with your talents and your passion and uh you're sharing your food with the world and your immediate community and you're doing it in a way where it's it's helping people learn more about their food because they're going to wonder like you know where's my where's this where's this guy getting this food from like you know you're you're growing it your yourself um and just from sharing your story people are getting to just learn more about themselves and and question like you know what have i what, what have i been eating for the last 10 years or you know like uh maybe i didn't need to eat all the skittles that i've eaten and maybe like you know i could use my carbs as fuel um not everyone's going to align with that but i think there's a large majority of people or a large portion of people that uh will make sense of food in that way and realize that it doesn't have to be something that's um just for pleasure because you could eat really healthy like like you're talking about and uh have it taste better than anything that that you'll get in a restaurant or anything. Oh, my that... food's pleasurable. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say. Yeah, people think that healthy food can't be pleasurable, but it's the it's the exact opposite. You could actually make healthy food taste amazing, and you're expressing that in your art every day, and uh, it's really cool. Yeah, that's it, man. Your you know your your gut health is your mental health. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And your gut health is determined by what you're putting in your body um so you know just swapping ingredients like you know simple things man like using maximizing your honey usage as as opposed to like you know candy or even table sugar yeah yeah and then like you know like me i I get in the weeds with it like imported flowers but a big one is like you know i make fried food but all that fried food i make is all in uh, avocado oil coconut oil beef tallow you know i'm not using any seed oils like anything like that so just swapping some ingredients, like really learning your food, knowing what you're putting in your body, prioritizing protein, like all this stuff can dramatically improve your health. And that 
everything's connected. So, you know, you put the right food in your body, you improve your health. That's going to improve every other aspect of your life, your mental health, your relationships, just how you feel on a day to day. Yeah. I mean, everything is connected, man. So. Dude, I, I, uh, I really appreciate you spending this time with me. I know that you're a busy guy. I don't want to take up any more of your time. <laughs> um, where's a good place for people to reach out to you or get in contact if they want to? Yeah, or to sign so, up for, um, your, for your tasting? Yeah, so you will follow me on Twitter, Instagram, at cooking underscore it underscore keto. And if you want to, if you're local, you're near Central Jersey, you want to come to the tasting menu this summer, just send an email to uh, the steak and the egg at gmail.com. Awesome, man. Really cool. Thanks. Appreciate it. <laughs>